my grandpa would have tears in his eyes when he'd tell that story. <laughs> Again, I'd like to thank you all for inviting me here to speak and honor the Lord. Uh, probably the most underestimated power in this world is God the Father. The God the Father spoke this world into existence. He created everything that's in this world. He created the thoughts that's in our heads. God has a design. He has a plan. It's going to come together. I guess picture right here. Imagine it being a puzzle. If that picture was a puzzle and it's God's picture and he lost one piece of that puzzle. He lost one piece. You'd look at that puzzle and your eyes would go to that spot where that piece was missing. Now, the world thinks that Satan is equal, almost equal to God. They think it's a battle, a struggle. But God created Satan. So Satan is one of God's creations. He's not an equal to God. He's a creation. And it's like, can the, can the clay tell the potter how I'm formed? Satan, he, he's got limits. God sent his son, well, he, he sent his son into this world to be born of a, of a human, of a woman, Mary. Mary has a lineage of all the way back through the ages. The Bible covers her from, you know, King David's bloodlines and Solomon's, all that. But, uh, but she's part, he's part human. So to, to Satan, with his egotistical ways, thinks, well, I can corrupt him. You know, I, I can corrupt him. But he finds out that God made, he made Satan and he made Christ the way he wants him to be. And I think uh, Tommy pointed out real well there a while ago of the light and darkness. If you don't have darkness, you can't appreciate light. And I believe this all goes back to the Adam and Eve. Back at, when they took the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil. They liked it. They didn't understand it, but they liked it. God wanted his people to understand good and evil. So evil does have its part in God's plan. We just have trouble accepting it a lot of times. It's, you know, we, we, we've learned to hate evil, which is a good thing. God has his purpose for it, even... You know, when uh, Joseph went and uh, was cast down and sold into slavery down in Egypt, his, uh, his brother sold him there. That was an evil act, but it had a, a life-saving result for his whole family, whole line. But again, uh, Satan's got to answer to God. That's right. And let's, uh, let's go into Job. Job 1. Uh, 6 through 22. I'm going to read on that. Now, God would, uh, would meet with his sons and stuff. And, uh, and when they met with his sons, there was Satan come along um, amongst them. So Job, let's start in here, verse 6. Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan came also among them. And the Lord said unto Satan, Whence come thou? Then Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro in the earth and from walking up and down in it. And the Lord said unto Satan, 
hast thou considered my servant Job, that there is none like him in the earth, in perf a perfect and upright man, one feareth God and escheweth evil? Then Satan answered the Lord and said, Doth Job fear God for naught? Has not thou made a hedge about him and about his house and about all that he hath on every side? Thou hast blessed the work of his hands and his substance and is increased in the land. But put forth thine hand now and touch all that he hath and he will curse thee to thy face. Now, God made Job. God knows the the elements of Job. He knows how Job will respond. He knows Job's response. He's letting Satan test Job because he knows the results. God is so much above Satan, so much above everything that it's just a observation, I guess, God would be doing on this because he knows the results before he even touches Job. And the Lord said unto Satan, Behold, that he see, all that he hath is in thy power. Now, I'm not saying Satan don't have power. All Satan and Satan has all kinds of power. But he's like the big bully in the town. Everybody in town's afraid of him because he is so powerful that that's what they see, this big old bully pushing everybody around. But the bullies are only tough enough until they find somebody that's really tough. Then the bullies find you find out the bullies are not that tough. Well, Satan, he's he's the bully. Christ is the tough man. He's the one that beat Satan. But anyway, I'll go on here. Only upon himself put not forth thine hand. So Satan went forth from the presence of the Lord. And there was a day when his sons and daughters were eating. Uh, this is Job's sons and daughters were eating. And drinking wine in their eldest brother's house. And there came a messenger unto Job and said, The oxen were plowing and the asses feeding beside them. And the sea beans fell upon them and took them away. Yea, they have slain the servants with the edge of the sword. And only I, only am, only, I, see, and I only escaped alone to tell them, or tell thee. While he was yet speaking, there came also another and said, The fire of God has fallen from the heavens, and hath burned up the sheep and the servants, and consumed them. And I only am escaped only to tell thee. While he was yet speaking, there came also another, and said, The children made, uh, made out three bands, and fell upon the camels, and have carried, uh, carried them away, yea, and slain the servants with the edge of the sword. And only, um, only uh, or I only escaped alone to tell thee. While he was yet speaking, there came also another and said, The sons and daughters were eating and drinking wine in their eldest brother's house. And behold, there came a great wind from the wilderness and smote the four corners of the house, and it fell upon the young, young men, and they are dead. And I only am escaped alone to tell thee. Well, you know, we've heard bad news. But can you imagine that kind of bad news coming at you all at once? And can you imagine the power Satan had to cause this to happen? The power he had over these people the, that was 
killing them and, and robbing them and taking their, their goods. And the wind, you know, Satan, God had given Satan a lot of power to show his dangers, I guess, his fears. Then Job arose and rent his mantle and shaved his head and fell down upon the ground and worshipped and said, Naked came I out of my mother's womb, and naked shall I return thither. The Lord gave, and the Lord hath taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. In all this, Job sinned not, nor charged God foolishly. And then he went on, and Satan tried him again with, uh, you know, touching him with the putrefied boils all over his body. And even at that, Job did not curse God and die. Because God made Job who he was. God knew what Job's answer was going to be. Satan didn't know it. Satan thought he could steal, steal Job from God, but he couldn't do it. Right. Now, I believe this took place before Satan was kicked out of heaven. Now, a lot of people doesn't even realize that heaven at one time was probably not unlike earth. That uh, they, uh, they had Satan up there spreading lies and deceiving people, deceiving the people, the, the inhabitants of, of heaven. And uh, he was battling with the angels. And we'll read on here how he got uh, Revelations 12, 7 through 12. We'll read on that. But uh, yeah, Satan has been there all along causing havoc wherever he's been. But he was made for that purpose. To learn to hate evil, he had to be there. To learn to appreciate the light that Tommy was talking about, he had to be there. Revelations 12, 7 through 12. And I keep forgetting what time I start, but I'll keep going. And there was a war, 12-7. And there was a war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon fought his angels, and prevailed not. Neither was their place found any more in heaven. And the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world. He was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now is come salvation and strength and the kingdom of, God, of our God and the power of his Christ. For the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accuseth them before our God day and night. And they overcome him by the blood of the Lamb. That's right. That's the blood of the Lamb, Jesus Christ, what He did here on earth, and He sacrificed and paid His debt, paid our debts, He did it in heaven too. That's the reason the angels hang on every word He has to say. When we've got a, a church meeting like this, and we praise the Lord Jesus Christ and all of His great works, there's angels hanging from the rafters listening because they appreciate what Christ did for them too. And, and also it says, And they overcome him by the blood of the Lamb and the word that, of their testimony, and the love, love not their lives unto death. The, love, the word of the testimony. The word is being passed on. That's what 
That's what is so great about the Lord's Word that Ronnie was talking about last night. What come out of the Lord's mouth. Whenever He sent His disciples into this world, it was the teach of the great work that Christ did. Not the work that we try to do ourselves, but it's His work. It's the great work of Jesus Christ. That's the word of our testimony. We, test, we give a testimony of what He did. It says, Therefore rejoice, ye heavens, and ye that dwell in them. And then it says, Woe unto the inhabitants of the earth and of the sea. For the devil has come down unto you, having great wrath, because he knoweth that he hath but a short time. Right. And uh, now there's a lot more to that inhabitants of, woe unto the inhabitants of the earth and the sea. The sea, to me, has a lot more meaning here, and we'll get to it a little, little bit more. Let's see. Uh, Matthew 4 and 1. Matthew 4 and 1. Now this is, of course this is, uh, I believe this is before the war in heaven because uh, he's trying to uh, corrupt, uh, Satan's trying to corrupt Jesus Christ here. He's trying to tempt him. This is before the, the war in heaven. Matthew 4 and 1. Then was Jesus led up in the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he was affirmed, or uh, so afterwards, afterwards and hungered. And when the tempter came to him, he said, If thou be the Son of God, command that this stone be made bread. But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Now, Satan knows that Christ was born of a human. His mother was human. So I'm sure thinking that he thought he could corrupt Christ. He could offer him something because he knew he's just, just half God in, in Satan's eyes. Then the devil taketh him up into a holy city and setteth him on a pinnacle of the temple and saith unto him, If thou be the Son of God... Cast thyself down, for it is written, He shall give his angels charge concerning thee, and in their hands they shall bear thee up, lest at any time thou dash thy foot against a stone. Jesus said unto him, It is written again, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord God. And again the devil taketh him up into an exceeding high mountain, and showeth him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them. And said unto him, All these things will, be, will I give thee, if thou wilt fall down and worship me. Then saith Jesus unto him, Get, thence, get thee hence behind, or, see, get thee hence, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. Then the devil leaveth him, and behold, the angels came and ministered unto him. I'm sure Satan was quite disappointed there because he was thinking that he would have the Son of God bowing down to him because he was going to give him everything in the world. 
all the whole kingdoms. He could have everything. But God had put Jesus in the position. He, he made Jesus what he was. Right. And Jesus was not going to bow down to, to Satan. God knew it. Jesus knew it. Even though he picked, he picked a time when Jesus was at his weakest state, he, he was at his weakest moment, and he still stood up to the tempest. Now, it's the strength of Jesus is the only way we can stand up. It's not in us. It's not the human side of us that resist the evil, but it's Jesus is what he puts in us. And in, in Ephesians 6 and 10, we'll go there. But Jesus strengthens us. Christ strengthens us. And finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord, in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Now, carnally speaking, we, we see things, we see flesh and blood, with things that makes us mad in the flesh and blood, or we disagree with. But that's not the battle. The battle is in those spiritual wicked places, the principalities and the powers that be that guide this evil that happens in the world. It's not the humans, but it's the power causing these humans to do the evil that they do. That's our battle. And these people, they, they're weak. They, and we are weak. I'm not saying they. We, we are weak. We need that armor of God. So it says, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness and of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take on, take on to you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand. Stand therefore, having your loins girded about with the truth, and having on the breastplates of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, take, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of, of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Again, it's coming from the mouth, Ronnie. The word of God. And he, he sent his disciples into this world with those words. And that's where we... Take on that, that spirit. Praying always with all prayer and supplications in the spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplications for all saints. We, uh, you know, it's not flesh and blood. It's that spirit that drives the evil in this world that, that's the battle. And the only way it can be defeated is through Christ and his spirit. And he did. He, 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 he does it. Now, I spoke of the sea a while ago. And uh, it's got more to it. There's a lot to that sea. When Christ walked on the water, and we'll go to Matthew 14 here in a moment. When Christ walked on the water, that was an amazing thing. That meant he, 
He could do things that no human could do. He could walk on water. He was command the elements, gravity. But also the sea has a representation here of all the evil in this world, all the false doctrines, false religions come out of the sea. When, when Satan cast a great flood out of his mouth when he uh, was cast out of heaven, he cast that flood and the earth opened, it up, opened up its mouth and swallowed it. Well, the rivers, literally speaking here, the rivers in our land, everything, a flood comes, it flows down the, the streams into the rivers, flows into the sea. God's, the, uh, the words that come out of Satan's mouth are destructive. They're a flood. They're a flood, destroying water. The words that come out of God's mouth, the Lord's mouth, is life-giving. That's everlasting life water. So the opposites they, they give. Well, the sea is containing that flood water in, in, if you look at it spiritually. In Matthew 14 and 25. And in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them, walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a spirit. And they cried out, the, out, out for fear. But straightway, Jesus spoke on them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is, it is I. Be not afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me come unto thee on the water. And he said, Come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water. Now that's to, to go to Jesus. Now that's amazing that Peter actually walked on water too. But he couldn't hold that faith. He couldn't. He's human. He, he, his human side come in. He started to look at it. And let's take the, the sea as it's churning and carrying on. But let's look at it spiritually. All the evil and the things in this world that's dragging people into the sea of false doctrines, false religions. That's what Peter was falling into. But Christ, with his hand, reached out and took him and put him on the ship. Put him in a place where he's sanctuary, where he's safe. That's the power of Christ. He keeps us from falling into that sea of, of false doctrines and everything that you, know, you can imagine. Let's see, but, but when he saw the, the wind boisterous, he was afraid and beginning to sink. He cried, Say, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him, O thou of little faith, wherefore did thou, wherefore did thou doubt? And when they were coming into the ship, the wind ceased. Then they went, I see. Then, then they that were in the ship came and worshipped him, saying, Of a truth, thou art the Son of God. Christ had many ways of showing who he was. And his disciples learned that walking with him. They, they, they knew who he was. They seen so much. And they become great followers and then great teachers to, to spread the word of his great work. Let's see, we'll go to Mark 5. Mark 5, let's see. And they came over onto the other side of the sea. 
Now, this is talking about a, an individual that was filled up with 2,000 evil spirits. One man with 2,000 evil spirits. Chains couldn't even hold this man. And he was tormented and tortured daily with this evil inside him. The townspeople, you know, scared of him. You know, they couldn't do anything with him. Couldn't tame him. Now, it says he lived in, a to- in the tombs. So he was living with the dead. I think it was a spiritually dead that he was in there right there. Let's see. And they came over onto the other side of the sea into the country of guardians. I may not be pronouncing these names right. I'm terrible in pronunciation. And when he was come out of the ship, immediately there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit who had his dwellings among the the tombs. And no man could bind him, no, not with chains, because that he had been often bound with fetters and chains, and the chains had been plucked asunder by him. And the fetters broken in pieces. Neither could any man tame him. And always, night and day, he was in the mountains and in the tombs, crying and cutting himself with stones. I can't imagine the torture this poor man was going through with all these evil spirits in him. It it had to be just awful. But when he saw Jesus afar off, he ran and worshipped him and cried with a loud voice and said, What have I to do with thee, Jesus, thou son of the most high God? You know, the the evil spirit, he, he, he knows who Jesus is. And he says, what have I have to do with you? And I jar thee by God that thou torment me not. You know, the, the spirits are not wanting tormented by Jesus here. They're, they're kind of that, that bully that's getting uh, running into the bad guy, you know, the tough guy now. For he said unto him, come out of, come out of the man, thou unclean spirit. And he asked, what is thy name? And he answered, saying, My name is Legion, for we are many. And he, and he besought him see, and he besought him much that he would not send them out, their way out of the country. Now there was there near unto a mountain a great herd of swine feeding, and all the devils sought him, saying, Send us into the herd of, send us into the swine, that we may enter into them. Now, Christ has the power to command evil spirits. We can't. That poor man couldn't command them out of his own body. But Christ has that power. Christ can command evil spirits. God can command everything. In Fort Worth, Jesus gave them leave, and the unclean spirits went out and entered into the swine, and the herd ran violently down a steep place into the sea. They were about 2,000, and they were choked in the sea. So there they went home. They went to that sea of false doctrine, false religions, and teachings. And they, uh, and they that fed the swine fled and told it in the city and in the country, and they went out to see what it was that, that was done. And they came to Jesus and, and see him that was possessed, see, seen him that was, was possessed with the devil, and had the, the legion setting and clothed in the right mind, and they were afraid. Here, here's this man had been just terrible in the, in the community, in that land. 
And now they see him sitting beside Jesus in his right mind clothed. And they're just, they can't imagine how this could happen. They that saw it told, told them how it befell to him with, that was possessed with the devil and also concerning the swine. And they began to pray him to depart out of this coast. I guess they wanted to, you know, just get rid of this mess here. Let's get rid of him while he's good minded, I guess. When he was coming to the ship, he that had possessed with the devil prayed him that he might be with, it, with him. How about Jesus suffered him not? But saith unto him, Go home to thy friends, and tell them how great things the Lord hath done for thee, and hath compressed thee, compassion on thee. And he departed and began to publish in the capitalists how great things Jesus had done for him, and all men did marvel. So Jesus cast these evil spirits out of him. I believe the man was a dead man, spiritually dead, up until that point. And then he spread the word, just like coming out of his mouth, the words. He, he published it in the papers and everything, that uh, what Jesus had done. So he didn't go out and tell what he had to do, but he told what Jesus did. Let's see. Uh, let's go to Revelation 15. The Sea of Glass. Revelation 15 and verse 2 we'll start in on. Now, and I believe this, I won't go there, but uh, where there's a, in, in 1 Corinthians 3 and 15, it talks about people suffering loss but saved by fire. I think this kind of ties in with that. And it says, uh, And I saw, as it, as it were, a sea of glass mingled with fire, and them that had gotten the victory over the beast and over his image and over his mark and over the number of his name stand on the sea of glass having the harps of God. These people have, I don't believe this is Jesus' people here. I don't believe it's the ones Jesus saved, but I believe this is God's people. See, God never give up the, the ability to give life. He gave Jesus the ability to give life to as many as he give him. But God never give up that ability of himself to give life. And when Jesus died on that cross, he died for the seed of Adam. So Jesus died for God's people also, if that makes sense. He died for, he died for the seed of Adam. Every human being on this earth he died for. But the only ones that Jesus was given power to give life to was the ones God give him out of that group. This is the way I'm seeing it anyway. Uh, if I'm wrong, God's right. And the God's right, if I'm right or wrong either way, God's right. Let's see. Um, you know, they're standing on the, on the sea of glass having the harps of God. And they sang the song of Moses, the servant of God, and the song of the Lamb, saying, Great and marvelous are thy works. Lord God Almighty, just and true are thy works, thou King of the saints. Who shall not fear thee, O Lord, and glorify thy name? For thou only art holy, for all nations shall come and worship before thee, for thy judgment are made manifest. 
And after that I looked and behold the temple of the tabernacle of the testimony in heaven was open. You know they're, they're praying or they're singing the song of Moses so I'm sure there was Jewish people here. They're singing the song of the Lamb. Of course the Lamb died for the, for the Jews and he died for the, the <laughs> draw the blank for everybody else I'll put it that way. But he died for everybody. But they're all singing that song. Now, think about, uh, I don't know if I, yeah, I talked about the war in heaven. And whenever, whenever uh, Satan was cast out of that heaven, it became a wonderful place. Well, think about what earth is going to be like when Satan and all of his evil angels are cast out of earth. That no longer will people be deceived. That sea of glass well, won't have him in there just raising Cain and, and causing all kinds of trouble in, in the sea. It no longer will be a sea of uh, turmoil. It's going to be a sea of glass where you stand above all that. And uh, let's see, what have I got here? Revelations 5 and 11. I don't know if I'm going long or not. We'll see here. I think we're getting... Revelations 5 and 11. And I beheld, and I heard the voice of many angels round about the throne, and the beast and the elders. And the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands. That's a lot. <laughs> that is a lot. Saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessings. And then in verse 13 it says, Every creature which is in heaven and on earth and under the earth and such as are in the sea and all that are in them heard I saying, Blessing and honor and glory and power be unto him that setteth upon the throne and, up, and unto the Lamb forever and ever. Everyone, everything will hear the blessings of our Lord Jesus Christ. Every creature on this earth will hear it in heaven. Every creature in heaven will hear it. They all will hear the blessings of our Lord Jesus Christ. It says, And the four beasts said, Amen. And the four and twenty elders fell down and worshipped him that liveth forever and ever. And I'll close with this. Uh, buddy said it a while ago, but I'm going to read it here again. Matthew 6 and 9. The Lord said, after this manner, therefore, pray ye. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our, our debt of our... <clears throat> and forgive us our debts and as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. For if ye forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will, forgive, will also forgive you. But if ye forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. But if heaven become a wonderful place after Satan was cast out, I believe the new earth is going to be a wonderful place too. I'm going to close with that.